Hey, thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. It would mean the world to us if you'd follow us on social media at Restoration Church Gardner. Also, if you're in the Gardner area, we'd love to meet you in person at one of our gatherings. You can find out more at restorationgardner.com. Really glad to have you here. And I want to encourage uh, the guys in the back, like keep, keep the lights up a little bit. Um, we had this tradition at, with our family um, and we call it... Oh, wait. Kids, what do we do when we need to talk about something important? What do we say? No. <laughs> what do we say? We're gonna have when we go to the when we go to the living room. We're like, hey, kids, it's time for a. That's there you right. Go. There you go. That's right. Family meeting. Family meeting, okay. and and so it, that's a tradition in our home that anytime we have it's something important to celebrate or something important to talk about, we will always say, hey. We're going to have a family meeting, and they all know that we're going to talk about something really important. And so tonight, we're going to have a family meeting together. Um, one of our values at Restoration is that we're authentic. And so we really don't know how to be anything other than what we are. We don't know how to lead in any, any way other than we just know how to just, hey, this is where we are. These are the things that are going on. And then we want to invite you to give feedback and to give thoughts and always be praying. And so tonight, you're going to hear about what is happening within restoration, our plans, some opportunities, some things that we've been noticing so that we can grow stronger as a family. And so tonight, I'm really excited to have you guys here. Um, if if uh, we know that we always have we always have lots of families that are part of restoration. And so, mom, dad, if you didn't know, there are some uh, there are some activity pages as you're coming in. So those are there to help you and to serve your family as we just have this conversation. Um, so. I want to start with, um, actually, back in February of 2020, there was a passage that the Lord gave to me personally, but it was a passage for our church family. And if you remember, February, March was when everything changed. So in February, the Lord took me to this passage, and it's so fitting, um, and you'll, you'll, you'll find out why in here in just a few seconds. So in Psalm 105, uh, verses 12 and 15, it says this, He said this when they were few in number, a tiny group of strangers in Canaan. They wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to the other, and yet he did not let anyone oppress them, and he warned kings on their behalf, don't touch my chosen people and don't hurt my prophets. Now, I don't know about you guys, but we've moved a lot. (laughs) I mean, it has been, we've moved, we started here, then we moved to our basement. Then we moved to the Warren. Now we've moved to New Life. And we, we have, there's not many places we haven't been in the city. You know, can I get an amen? I mean, we have been gone here, there, and everywhere. Over, yes. And, and that's not to mention the few, uh, you know, we were at Grace, uh, Grace uh, Baptist once for uh, a baptismal service. So we really have been all over the city. And this is what I want to encourage you with. And this is not just, this is not just an encouragement for me. It's an encouragement for you that the Lord wanted me to know and wants you to know tonight that just because it's hard does not mean that it's going to harm you. I want to say that again because some of you are in seasons right now that are really hard and you're confusing hard with God wanting to harm you and they're not the same thing. Just because it's hard doesn't mean that God is harming you. He is teaching you something about himself and about yourself that you need to know 
for the future. So, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very bad at like guessing at numbers and things like that. But I would guess we probably have like 160 people in this room, okay? 160-ish, something like that. But it's never about the number. It's never about that. It is always about the, the posture and the position of the people that are around you. And I want you to know I'm really proud we're really proud to pastor a church like Restoration. And tonight is, again, I want to celebrate because one of the things I was, I was talking to Natalie before um, service tonight, and I said, I'm feeling really emotional. And I, I, was, I wasn't really sure why. And as I thought about it, as I'm sitting on this stage and I'm thinking about all the things that God has done, not just in our lives, but in your lives. All, all the answered prayers, all the, the, we're living in the miracles that we asked for in year one. We're walking in them. We're living in them. And God has been so faithful, and God will continue to be faithful. God has always been and will always be faithful. We've been on a journey. And so tonight, I want to, Natalie actually added this. Do you want to share about this, this, uh, this quote? Yeah, so I feel like in this season, y'all, it's been it's been a tough season. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. And there's been so many opportunities for me to just worry. And I heard this um, shared a few weeks ago. And you guys, it's really made a difference in my life to do this. So I wanted to put it in here and share it because I think it's important that we do this tonight. But it says, worry subtracts, prayer adds, and gratitude multiplies. And so if there's things that you're worried about and you're concerned about, I want to encourage you to give those to God, to pray about it, because prayer adds. Man, my prayer life has grown so much, even in the last couple of weeks, and just being thankful because gratitude multiplies. And so tonight, we are celebrating all that God has done. Because here's the thing, you guys, if you cannot find gratitude in this, in this season, you won't find it in the next season. And so there has to come a point where you just have to be like, God, you are faithful, and I'm so thankful for this season. I'm thankful for the challenges, but I'm thankful for the things that, that you were just in and we're celebrating. So tonight we're going we're gonna to celebrate a little bit. Yeah, so first we want to say how thankful that we are that God has led us this entire time. And you guys know um, that, you know, leading anything, like McDonald's, everything's difficult and everything's hard. Like there's nothing easy, right? And so I just want to acknowledge today that God has been so faithful to lead us from place to place. He's made it so clear, not just to us, but to you all of like, hey, like this is where we're supposed to go. This is where we're going together. We're moving together. Not just that, but we also want to say that we're thankful for you and faithfully walking beside us. And, and I realize that some of you, this, this will be fun. How many of you, this is the first time you've ever been to Pioneer Ridge with Restoration Church? This is the first time. Awesome. Yes. That's so cool. I love that. And how many of you, like, you're like, oh, I remember. Like, I'm OG. I've been here before. How many of you? I love that. See? Pipe and drape, baby. <laughs> See, God is, is a multi-generational God. He's not just the God of year one. He's not just the God of year two. He's the God of all of it. And whether this is your first time or this is you've been here, God's, you're a part of what God's doing in this city. 
And you're a part of what God's doing in our family. You're a part of what God's doing in this area. And so we just want to say thank you for faithfully walking with us through this process and this journey of faith. These are the things that we've seen God do over the last four years. And I want us to celebrate as a church family. It is okay to clap. It is okay to say amen. It is okay to say, woohoo, Miss Barb, I hear you every, every week. I love it. <laughs> So in the last four years, we have seen, and I always, just so that you know, numbers um, in, in churches, they have kind of a bad reputation. So I'm always very, very conservative with my numbers, okay? So over the last four years, we have seen at least 75 people come to faith and also make decisions to be baptized. That's something to celebrate. And guys, that represents families, and that represents family lines. That represents generations. It is a really, really big deal. So I'm celebrating with you that God has used Restoration Church in you and your families and your gifts and your abilities to reach 75 people. We've given almost $100,000. There's the church, right? No, I'm just kidding. It's $92,583 to missions and benevolence as a church family in four years. $92,583 that we've given because God has been faithful to us. God has been faithful through you, and we continue to reach not just our city, but around the world through missions and benevolence. And that's something to celebrate. Natalie, what about you? I want to hear you share about growing. Because Natalie, if you guys can't tell, she's very relational. She loves people. She loves to smile. So what would you say about this, this next thing that we're celebrating? So this next thing we're celebrating is just people growing relationally and spiritually. And I want you guys to just pause for a second and think about when you first came to Restoration, and if this is your first time, man, you're part of the family. So I just want to celebrate that tonight too. But um, just think about the relationships here because, man, we are not, we're not like family. We are family. We are family. And this is a family. And if you don't have a family, you can come be a part of our family because we're a hot mess a lot of times. You know, some of us got it together, but most of us do not. And we all desperately need Jesus. Um, but I've just... I've seen so many of you guys take steps of faith forward. I've seen you guys go through extremely hard things. Faye, I think about you in the last four years and what you've been through and your faith and the testimony of your life and just walking through and how God is using all of those hard moments and launching you into, you've touched so many people. Like you've just ministered to so many people. And I think about you, Lori, and just like how you just, you know, if you haven't talked to Lori Chastain, Lori Chastain is incredible. And God is just, uh, he's just like broken you loose. And I love it. And, um, you know, Courtney, she was walking in today and she's like, you know, four years ago, we, we wanted a baby. We were longing for a child and we're bringing our child into this building tonight. Can we celebrate God for that? I mean, God is just so good. And we've seen, you guys... Sometimes we just have to look back to remember and be like, man, God, you've been so, so good. You've been so, so faithful. Yeah. I think about the child dedications, the number of, of, of your kids that we prayed for and that we have prayed in faith and seeing them grow in their faith and hearing them like pray is amazing. 
and just seeing the growth, leaders growing. That's one of our that's one of our our missions, right? Is to prepare future leaders for their ministry and just seeing the amount of people that have taken steps where you started. Think about where you started versus where you are now. And when you think about that, you'll just like, man, God is so faithful and so good. There's also things in this season we have always had the same values. And when I say that, I mean, it's the things that like, they're the reason why we do everything that we do. So it's that, it's the, it's the that Jesus is the point of every place that we go, that we're, we're people of, of faith and we trust God. But there are things, as you move from place to place, it actually clarifies values. And so there's some things that like we've learned as we've been moving and transitioning. And I'd just like to share one of those, uh, some of those things that we've learned together as a church family. One is that we really do value a space that creates connection and community. We value that. We value the opportunity to connect with other people and to see their faces. It's good to see your faces, right? It's not, it's not so dark that I can't see anyone. That's something that means something to us. Serving the city, the city together with no strings attached. You need to hear that. Because sometimes when people are serving, it's like they're serving to get them to come do something or to get them to do something. When we serve our city it is we serve our city because we carry God's heart for our city. There are no strings attached. So we're not serving anything to get them to do anything. We're serving them because God served us first so that we can serve them. That's really important. I want to say it's so important that we understand that God's called us to have a heart for our city. We think about our city. We think about those that aren't in the seats yet, that don't know anything about restoration, and that we go and we want to serve them. The third thing is making room for those that aren't a part of our family yet. I love that in restoration, there's always new families. There's always new people. And you're always welcome. You're always welcome. Like, we're not, that's not just a banner that we put, and that's not just things that we say. We want you to know, wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, you're welcome. Like, we want you to be welcome here. And the last thing we value multi-generational and we value multi-ethnic. We value the God that sees all kinds, all kindreds, all races. And I really do believe that whenever you see in different, even different cultures, different expressions of God's heart, like just the way that he is. And I just want to say that we value that as a church family, that God is big enough that he sees all of us and he doesn't relate to us differently because of our race or because of where we come from or our sex, social economic. Or again, I learned so much from people that are younger than me, Nicholas and Jacob, and we went and we had lunch at this place downtown. I don't know what I was eating, but it was awesome. It was weird and it was quirky. And then I get to go and we get to go pick up walnuts with Miss Lois. And I just learn things from all these different, different generations. And we value that as a church family. So now let's get to where we are and what we are considering. I think it's very important. Now, these are the things that I wanted to know when I was sitting out there. And I never get to ask. So I just want you to know, we don't make decisions alone. 
We don't make decisions alone. So when we say we have been deciding or we're trying to understand, it's important that you understand what's included in our governance, how we're led. So we have a group of pastors that are beyond us. They have built buildings and they're leading large churches and they've been in ministry for longer than we have. And we call them our overseers. So we bring them into conversations and we bring them into, hey, this is where we're at and this is what challenges we're having. This is the opportunities that we're having. Can you advise us. We actually met with them just this last week, and they're called our overseers. We also have a team that we call our executive team, and that was Seth and Heather, and when they moved, we haven't replaced them yet, but that's Natalie and I, and that's Stephen Krista Westerkamp, and they help us to make decisions in the next three to six months. How can we love our church family? How can we lead our church family? We also have trustees. Now, they're both here, Brett and, and Courtney. If you guys don't mind standing, um, I know that it's going to embarrass you, but would you please stand so that you can know we're not making final financial decisions. There they are. Give them a round of applause. And they help us to make good financial decisions because you can love God and you can love people. You can be an incredible pastor and not know anything about real estate. That's me. I just don't know anything about those things. So when we talk about overseers and we talk about trustees, they're helping us to make decisions. We have a building advisory team that we meet with, and they, they have done commercial real estate, and they are familiar with that space, and they help us to make these decisions. I think it's just important for you guys to know that there's more people involved than just us because we think that's healthy, and we're submitted to these processes and to these different groups because they understand things that we don't understand. So I think that's, that's very important to say. So let's get to... The elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. Yes. Anyone want to take a guess? <laughs> What's that? What did you say, Heather? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We're coming back? Oh, is that what you, okay. Well, that's a guess. It's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. So, actually, the elephant in the room that we are, what we're talking about is the big for sale sign that sits in front of New Life Church, right? You got anybody seen that? You can't miss it. It's right as you it's right Giant. as you drive up. It's like the biggest for sale sign ever. It's awesome. It is. It is. And um, and I think it's important for us to share even tonight that um, we had a plan of what we were going to share and talk about. And as we had conversations with these leaders and just prayed um, together, it, like God blew up our plan. It was like, hey, like we're just trusting you. And one foot in front of the other. So the, big, so the big elephant in the room is this big sign that sits out in front of new life. And so the first thing we want to say is that with the advice of our overseers and the advice of our building advisory team, we are pursuing the purchase of the new life building. But we need to be honest about the factors. It's very, very important for you guys to understand Right now, you can buy New Life's building for the low, low price of $2.5 million. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, it's just $2 million, right? And they need to sell this in a year so that they can finish their new building. They're in the middle of a, of a large uh, building uh, process. We can borrow as a church roughly, okay, Finances, you guys know the economy's doing all this, right? So things things change, and I want to be very careful about how I communicate. 
but we can borrow approximately $1 million today. So I'm not a mathematician, but that leaves a pretty significant gap. Yes? Okay. So there's at least, there's at least a million-dollar gap. So to do the math, because we have, okay, that means we would need to raise $83,333 per month. Just to give you perspective, okay, we bring in roughly, and the trustees are here, they can, they can, uh, you can ask them, we bring in approximately $23,000 a month through tithe and offering, okay? And that $83,000 would need to be on top of our tithe in order to function as a church. This would mean that we would need to bring in $106,333 per month for this to be possible. Why are you guys laughing? So... That is reality, okay? Can I tell you that when I stepped away from my corporate job, nobody said it was possible. Nobody. They just were like, good for you. Like, go get them, tiger. So I can say that, and that's the honest truth, guys. That's the honest truth. But we serve a God that can do anything. He can do anything. He can do anything. And our responsibility isn't to make it happen. Our responsibility is to be faithful with whatever God puts in our hands. And I want, so this is what I want you to hear. There is no pressure. There is no pressure for us to make this happen. There is only the opportunity for us to all just trust the Lord together and let him work all these things out. Okay? So there is something else that I want to talk about. So that's one. We're going to pursue it, but we need to be honest about the facts. Okay? New Life has said, we really want you to have the space. We're like, how bad? <laughs> Can we come down a million? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll here's see. the thing. We don't know how it's all going to work out. We just, we just have peace that we're just going to trust the Lord yes. and just put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, and here's the thing. If we're supposed to have that building, God is going to give us that building. And if not, God has a home for us. It's not about the building that we are creating a home. We are pursuing a home. And... We're not, we're not tied to any building, any land. We just want to build a home together. And no matter where we go, there's different things that we see for our future home. Um, and we're just excited. And we truly do. We're completely at peace. God, whatever you have for us, we want. Whatever you don't have for us, we don't want it. So we're, we're going to pursue this. And if we're supposed to have that building, God is going to give us that building. And if not, God has another building for us. Amen? Yeah, and I want to encourage you as you're, yes, as you're praying and as you're thinking about this, there was actually, um, there was a, a, a few things that came to mind. One is we're talking about a house, but God wants to give us a home. 
We're talking about a building, but God really wants to give us a home, and I am trusting him to do whatever he needs to do to do that. Whatever he needs to do. And the other, there was, a, I was, was actually a picture, and it's the picture of restoration. And remember, like, think about your kids when they put on your shoes. Like, think of, like, big work books, boots, and your kids, like, they put on your shoes, and they kind of tromp around the house. And it's like they look so silly, but they're trying their best. And the Lord was just like, listen, you feel like you need to fill in, and you need to make this happen. Just trust me. Like, don't, don't try to make this thing happen. It would be like you trying to put on your dad's work boots and go out and do his work instead of just trusting your dad to lead you and guide you through the process. And that's where we are. He doesn't want to give us, he doesn't want to give us a, a house. He wants to give us a home, wherever that is. And so part of that has been this process, this thing that we've all been going through. And I just want to give some some uh, perspective to it. So Saturday night church. Whoo, buddy. Here we go. Saturday night church, I think it's important for us to remember, why did we transition to Saturday night church? Because if not, it's kind of like parenting, our marriage. It's like, there's some days you're like, I get, you got to remind yourself, why do we do this? Like, why, why do we make? Hey. Wait, I'm just kidding. I never feel that way. I am always... So excited. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's value in remembering why you made the decisions that you made. So Saturday night church, why do we transition to Saturday night church? One is to make space for our kids. There was no space at the Warren. And the space that we did have, we were going to lose very soon. There was no space. Number two, to make space for guests. We had no room for guests. We couldn't invite anyone because where were they going to sit? In the hallway? In, in our lap? There was just no space for guests. Number three, we wanted the ultimate try it before you buy it scenario. And we, we got that with New Life. We, we had the opportunity to actually get into the space, try it, see if it works. And then the fourth, and this is the one that we probably forget, and we remember today because we're here setting up is to reduce the amount of time for setup and teardown. It's really easy to forget, especially if you're not part of those teams, is that every single week, every single week, we set up for restoration and we tear down for restoration. We set up for restoration and we tear down for restoration. That is a part of what it means to be a portable church. And we don't resent it. It's just a part of our reality. And we're still there at New Life. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. We're still doing that. But that is why we moved to New Life Church on Saturdays was because of those factors. But it has created a challenge. It has created a challenge. And Nat, do you want to share it? Do you want me to share it? Okay. This is something that I have noticed. And I, for the longest time, I couldn't put language to what is it? And it was like it was like an aggr- like an aggravation, an irritation to me. Like what is going on? And what I noticed is that we show up to New Life on Saturday, and everyone spreads out. No one really like not many people talk to each other. It's like there's something about that space that makes community challenging, 
And I think it's the lobby and the, it's really short and we have a lot of people coming into one spot. And so you kind of feel like you need to get out of the way. And then you go into an auditorium that's massive and huge. It's much, much larger than this room, probably about twice the size of this room. And so not only is it easy to spread out, it's convenient to spread out. And you walk in and the cafe is in there. So you get your coffee and then immediately you got the countdown going. So you feel like you need to go find your seat. So that's a challenge to a church that very much values connection and relationship and getting to know people and getting to talk to people and getting to see their families. So it is a very, very real challenge, not to mention the day, right? Saturdays are not exactly convenient for people that have a lot of things going on on Saturdays, okay? And we also have time change. We beat it by one day, praise God. We get to sleep in tomorrow. Who cares about time change? But next week, we're going to care about time change. You know why? Because when you come on Saturday, it's going to be almost dark. And you're going to come into this space, and there's all these things that are kind of running against the culture of community and connection. Now, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because we all have a part to play in it. And there are some things that really are worth the work. And community is one of them. I am asking for your help in this regard. I want to ask you if you will be intentional about sitting closer to one another, sitting closer to other people so that we can see each other and talk to each other. Before you leave on a Saturday Ask yourself, have I had any, we'll just call it lobby time. Have I had any lobby time when I've had a chance to get to know someone that I don't know? I've, got, I've had a chance to talk to someone that I don't know. Because there are some things worth the work, and our community is part of it. It's worth the work. It is worth the time and the energy and the effort to connect to other people. And this brings us to our second, our second, really, it's like what we're asking you to, to commit to is commit to be in the room. I want you to think about how different would your house be if you stopped showing up in it? Like how different would your home be if your kids just stopped coming to the dinner table? They just weren't there. And so I'm asking you tonight to make a commitment to be in the room, to be in the house. Yeah, I want to share um, something that I feel like the Lord has been laying on my heart um, in this season. And it's, and it's so interesting because I didn't really see it until we moved to Saturday night services. But I do believe that God is wanting to not change our vision and our mission but expand it as a people. I'm going to stand up because I might preach a little bit tonight. Um, but 
We are called Restoration Church, amen? We are better together. And we're better together whether we're serving coffee or serving our city or doing all the things together, building churches, you know, coming into middle school and building churches. But here's what I want to encourage us with, and this is what I believe that God is calling us to as a church in this season. We said that, you know, church is not dependent on where we meet or what time we meet but who we are, that God is developing who we are. And I believe that God is wanting to stretch us as a people and that he wants to teach us how to be the church that he's called us to be because we're not just called to be better together, to set up church together, but we are called to be better together and our spiritual gifts, because every single one of you has a spiritual gift. And I believe that we as believers get empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when our gifts come back together, man, that is when God moves. And I believe that we're not ready for a house if we don't get the internal house ready. And I believe that that's really the vision of Restoration Church, where we want to see people that are far from God come to know Jesus, but we have to be ready as a people to receive them because we can't do it all. God, that's why the whole body comes together. That's why we are better together. And there's things that God has uniquely gifted you in spiritually to meet somebody else, to be a bridge to Jesus, because Jesus is the point. Amen. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just excited. And I believe that tonight, like the Lord just kept saying, Natalie, don't share the vision, just live the vision. And so tonight we're just going to make space for God to do whatever he wants to do. And I just believe that tonight is going to mark us. Amen. I believe that tonight that God wants to de deposit something in us tonight, that we, when we walk out of here, we're not going to be the same church. And I believe that we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to take a step in our next. We won't get there without him. And God does not want us to be dependent on ourselves. He wants us to be dependent on him. And so we had a plan to share all these things and God said, mm -mm, nope, you're going to go with me. So tonight we're just, we're going to lean in and we're going to press in and trust the Lord because I don't know what it's going to look like. I just know that God is calling us to this. And I just want to encourage you right now to just open your hearts to whatever God has for you because he's calling each and every one of you. It's not just a few of us that he's calling. He has a call on our lives to build a house. Amen. Preach. <laughs> so whenever, um, I'm going to stand up too. I get to preach. All right, here we are. So, yeah, this is, it's my turn. I'm just kidding. So I really want you guys to catch a vision. I want you to catch a vision of what God wants to do. I really want you to see it, not just like, not just hear it, not just hear it, but actually see it, like see it, see it in your faith, see it in your mind. When we talk about restoration, when we talk about who we are and what we're called to do, we're not talking about we're not talking about a building. We're talking about a people. We're not talking about a place as much as a house of healing and a house of restoration, a house of renewal, a place where families that felt like they they couldn't have a place to just be broken and vulnerable and and just be honest that they can go and they can see. 
They can see the opportunity for God to touch and to heal them and to change them, to make something new out of them. That's what I want you, want you to understand. I want you to hear. What we're not talking about, like tonight we're not opening a building campaign and we're not opening, you know, like, like hey, we're going to take pledge cards. What we're saying is, Lord, we believe that you're leading us and you're building something that's going to be a home. It's going to be a place where people can meet you and the city can come with no strings attached and it's built for them that they can experience you. That's what we're talking about. It's a place where God meets people, where God meets you and God meets me. That God wants to do something different and he wants to do something unique. And so we do have an opportunity because we, Natalie's wearing the shirt. You know, it says big faith for a big future. And in this season, God's reminding us that big faith requires bold moves. We, we can't just say, God, we're trusting you and, and do nothing. We just have to put one foot in front of the other and trust him to move the mountains that we can't move. So we are going to open something called the Future Fund. Okay, and the Future Fund is going to be specifically for our church home. Now, it's very important. The trustees made me promise to, to include this. Okay, that these funds are specifically for the purchase of the new building. We need to continue to reach our community. We need to continue cover, covering the regular operational cost and also our monthly financial commitments. But I want you to sincerely just pray about how the Lord would lead you and how you can get involved. This is what I, I, I want to share in, in just closing. And we're going to go into a time of just ministry and prayer and just trusting the Lord together. Psalm 37, verses 3 and 4 says this. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. And then you'll live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. So, you thought you were coming to a building fun thing. But what God actually wants to do is he wants to build his people. That's you. And that's me.